microphone. I was talking to the microphone the whole time. Okay, I'm just making sure. I just want to know. Wow, we're two different mic checks, and you've gaslit me in both of them. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that makes you watch us eat dinner. You're going to sit there and you're going to like it. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, I have this bowl of snacks over here. This is uh, streamer culture before it existed. Oh, there you go. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, it's been a busy weekend. Uh, I had two different friends' birthdays this weekend. Nice. Uh, I saw a reading of a new work, because uh, that's the new hot thing to do in Chicago, I guess. Because <laughs> um, nothing is actually going on. We're just reading. Well, I mean, like a stage reading is just easier to put up. Yeah, Which it is. is why that's what my theater company has started with. Hey. Because if you don't have money, you can, you can do it on a much smaller budget. Fair. <laughs> and in places that aren't traditional theaters. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. One of the birthday parties, my... <laughs> The lights went off in the bar. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, we showed up and we were like, this bar is closed. And it wasn't. They were already inside. We came, like, an hour late because who shows up to a party on time? Steven does. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> and they, like, I think, I don't know if they, like, forgot to pay their electricity bill or, like, what happened. But they were the only building on the block that didn't have power. Oh, that's weird. And actually, the people above them had power. It was literally just them. So, what? So me and uh, me and my friend I took with me to go um, to the party. We're like, we're going to go get a drink at the bar over there because you all have drinks and they can't serve drinks with the power out. And then like 10 minutes later, the whole party followed us to the second bar. Nice. <laughs> they were like, yeah, it's, it's been a minute. We don't really want to wait anymore. And I was like, all right, cool. Great. We'll take over the, the long room. <laughs> okay. Well, that's. That's a vibe. You move the party. You are the party, Jared. That's not true. The party is you. That's very sad. The party is the friends we made along the way. That's better. <laughs> okay. How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. We it's it's Super Bowl Sunday right now. I can't fucking take you seriously right now. <laughs> I am dressed in a referee uniform. For those of you who don't know, it's Jared's arch ne- nemesis. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got my fight or flight instinct. There's no flight, baby. <laughs> I walked in that door and I was I was fucking, all right, let's go. So we're, we're doing a, a dirty double record today and then we're watching Ooh. the Super Bowl. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I just like football. I'm not excited about either of these teams, but Super Bowl is usually fun. I have not watched that many Super Bowls because I'm usually just tuned out of football by then because the Lions haven't been competitive for like 10 weeks before that. <laughs> And fantasy is done, so I just have a hard time caring. Part of me is proud of you for being that much of a homer that, like, my team's not playing in it. I don't care. <sighs> no, it's it's more like, if I care about the teams, I will. But, like, honestly, I watch football more for fantasy football and, obviously, the Lions. But, like, if there's interesting storylines, I'll watch. The other thing is, being in theater, as you know, sometimes you don't have Super Bowl Sunday to yourself. <laughs> it's you. You have obligations. I've watched many a Super Bowl from my, a tiny screen in my room on a cruise ship. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I just like I'm not gonna be bothered with that. Uh, I 
I like to project things forward. So I'll watch games in early season that I have no stake in just to like try to get more information and be like, oh, what's the storylines of these teams? But this is the end of the story. Yeah. it's It ends one of two ways. The storyline is Mr. Irrelevant versus Taylor Swift. And I'm gonna, because everyone else is watching it, I'm going to hear about that. Yeah. So I don't even need to watch it to know what happens. And this is coming out after the Super Bowl, so everyone already knows who wins. It's coming out long after the Super Bowl. We have a lot of lead time. Or not this it's, one, I guess. It's this coming is like, out Thursday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So we, we've got some time. Like I said, we're we're getting a little bit ahead with our recordings just so that we won. We have Jared, scheduling conflicts. Yeah, Jared's busy this week. So we want to get those episodes out. But that means we didn't drop an episode and by drop, I mean we didn't miss an episode yes. over the next week. So be be happy. For once I said that, and it actually we actually didn't miss one. Every other time that you've been like, we might have to miss one or two, I go, no, we don't. And then we do. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to give us an out, Jared, and then you're undercutting me at the knees. Correct. <laughs> it's for the fans, Steven. Part of the thing with us being early is that we don't have emails to talk about. Oh, damn. I, we had so many before, I thought maybe some of them had, like, carried over. No, we just kind of got through them, which I appreciate you all. Again, keep sending the emails. We will get to them. Just you won't hear from us about emails for the next week. For the next two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oopsie doodles. So, Jared, do you have anything, like, off-topic you want to talk about for five minutes? Oh, I mean, I can think of something. Okay. I mean, you have hinted at Baldur's Gate for a long oh, time. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steven, how are you enjoying Baldur's Gate? I'm enjoying it so far. I feel like I it doesn't do a great job of telling you where to go. That's the point. I'm aware, okay. which is great. And But it, it, it grants me a lot of time just like wandering the map. And I don't think the map does a great job of displaying, oh, this is a route that you can take. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so I'm, like, wandering into areas that is much too high level for me. Ah, okay, that that is tough. And then I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Oh, here's this unexplored section of the map that you can get through by going up this trail and then going down here. I'm like, oh, what the hell? I, I, so I know what area, are you talking about the same area you were stuck in before, the, the Githyanki well, Yes, yeah, so I was, I was there, apparently... There was a crossroads in this town that I didn't explore yeah. east and west of. So I found my way to the Hansel and Gretel, which... Oh, you're too early for that. Yeah, and then I found my way to the goblin camp. That That's where the main path goes, and it's the last thing you went and explored. Correct. I mean, that I guess that I do that in video games, yeah. too. But uh, but I, I did solve the uh, the secret of the Hansel and Gretel witch, and then got to the main fight of the Hansel and Gretel witch, and said, "Oh no, she's got hands. She's got hands. She's got lots of hands." And in honor mode, which is what I've been playing, uh, anytime you, I think it's cast a spell, she creates three duplicates of herself. What? And they're they're illusions, so if you hit them, they go away. But there is no way to tell which one is her. That's absurd. And all, even the illusions, take full turns and cast spells. Okay. That being said, I am enjoying my time. It is cool. a good time. I realize that I have waltzed my way into the goblin camp, and no one is stopping me because I am a drow. <laughs> That's kind of why. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the the different having done Act One a couple different times now with very different characters, 
they, I don't know how they recorded all these lines. There's a lot of lines. There's so much voice acting. Yeah. Good props to voice actors. You you do you do the Lord's work. Correct. Cool. Anything else? No. I uh, just... Otherwise, I am enjoying my time. It's just it's gonna take me a while. Oh, it's a it's a huge game. It is it is the runtime of it is all three of the Mass Effect games into one game. It is of... a trilogy of games. That's a lot of game. Yeah, and it's excellent top to bottom. Mm. There is the quality doesn't. I mean, it does. It's hourglass shaped. Act one is really wide open. Act two is much more narrow. And then act three opens way back up. I like my video games how I like. No, never mind. I please do not finish that <laughs> I wasn't sentence. Going to. Or you're going to need a new co-host of this <laughs> podcast. It it is there are not it's not as variable with all of the different like cool things you do in act one throughout the entire game. That would just be impossible. Yeah. But it stays real varied and is still incredible through the entire way. Cool. You're in for a journey. All right. Never ending story. Bumper. All right. So this episode came out on March 16th of 2005. Another kind of boring week between episodes. God, I miss when things were boring, Stephen. You know? (laughs) Why? In the world. Well, there's too much news. There's too much news happening all the time. Okay, there's there's a lot of sadness and upsetting yeah. things. I get yeah. it. Um, the first one, which I thought was kind of interesting, Bob Iger is named CEO of Walt Disney. Oh, shit. Succeeding Michael Eisner. So this is like really into the new golden age of Disney. He stays on as the CEO until, I want to say like 2022 or 20, no, maybe like 2020, 2019. And then he does such a, and then his successor does such a bad job that now he's the CEO of Disney again. Yeah, they brought him back. Round two, they unfroze his head. They unfro- yes. And then uh, Israel officially hands over Jericho to Palestinian control, and uh, Israel continued to be generous and not a problem uh, to to this day. I'm not touching that with a five foot pole. Uh, all I'm gonna say is genocide is bad. Uh, the number one song on the charts is still Candy Shop. And the top five movies are Be Cool, Hitch, Hostage, The Pacifier, the pa- Pacifier, Pacifier. Is that you spell Pacifier? P A C I F I E R. Yeah. Huh. Pacifier. <laughs> What's up? My name is Jared. I'm 19. I never <laughs> learned how to fucking read. Uh, and the number one is Robots. Ro. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This ugly ass movie. That's a personal opinion. (laughs) In a world of sentient robots, striving young inventor Rodney Copperbottom, Ewan McGregor, wants to work for the avuncular Big Weld, Mel Brooks, whose whose Big Weld Industries uh, make spare robot parts. But Big Weld has just been deposed as company head by villainous Phineas T. Ratchet, Greg Kinnear. So ratchet. Who wants to make all robots submit to profitable forced upgrades? In this animated adventure, Rodney and his friend Fender, Robin Williams, go underground oh, to fight Ratchet's evil plan. What a star-studded cast! Uh, what do you think this is rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen? So I don't think this is very good. Is this DreamWorks? That's a great question. It doesn't really matter. This seems like one that was trying to capitalize on. It's 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox. Okay. I think this was around the time of Disney's Meet the Robinsons. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the era of a lot of those. There, there's types. a lot of yeah. reactionary animated movies that one Shark person. Tale. Yeah, one person does something really well, and then they're like, "Oh, we got to capitalize capitalize on this." Or for whatever reason, they just happen to be working on two similar movies at the same time. That does happen. Yeah, usually because technology becomes available, like water effects become nicer suddenly and then both companies are like let's make a water movie (laughs) uh that being said i think that this is an audience score of 39 and a critic score of 25 wow you're significantly lower on it than it is it's not great okay uh audience score of 54 okay so it's still not not certified fresh critics of 64 really yeah kind of surprised by that to be fair, I have not seen this movie. I have not either. I did not realize. I knew Ewan McGregor was in it. I did not know about the other two. I didn't either. Mel Brooks and Robin Williams. I know. That's wild. How do you make a bad movie with Mel Brooks and Robin Williams? <sighs> oh, they found out. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not either. So let's get into the episode. Episode 5, The Best and Worst Reward Ever. It's wild that Survivor would put that in their own title. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now that you say that. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like, oh, like it's it's bad. It's going to have consequences either way. But like, yeah. They're actively criticizing their own episode. I kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. They let James write the title for this episode. <laughs> we, we opened the episode and we got snuggling. We, yeah. Well, we got snuggling right away. I, I want to say one thing from the uh, from the pre, or maybe this is during, I don't remember, but it stuck out to me throughout the episode. Kobe picks the weirdest places for confessionals. <laughs> does does Kobe have a choice here? I, I don't know, because we've seen it in previous seasons where, like, Rob, Amazon Rob, like, he would have, he'd be, like, a confessional with, like, his head, like, next to the log in, like, in like weird places or, like, <laughs> sitting, like, next to a boat for no reason. Like, oh, hey, didn't see you there. I'm here for a confessional. Yeah, I don't know if they get any say on, like, what the background's going to be, but he gets some weird, like, every time it's a Kobe's in an eccentric place. <laughs> well, okay, I guess I got to clock that from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the world is Kobe? Where in the world is Kobe? Anything else from no, the... That's, okay, that's cool. We... Like I said, Jen and Greg are are hanging out. They're snuggling, and people are noticing. But then we get to the weather and just night in general, and people are like, "Willard, you're in charge of the fire. Willard, take care of that fire." Willard already asleep. Willard not not having a conversation, just ignoring this. Yeah, like yeah, I I might too, and then. People are just shouting at him. Is is the fire good, Willard? No? Does not care. That is, man is asleep. That man is done with Survivor. To the point that in the morning, I'm jumping around a little bit, but Tom wakes up and he's like, I was taking, the fu- taking care of the fire, and it wouldn't have been too bad, but I had to climb over Willard every single time, and he doesn't really do things for everyone. That is who you would be on the tribe. The Tom? The one, not in always, but in the way of like, oh, this person's not pulling their way. I guess I'll just do it. Then. I guess me. Yeah, that's fair. I would just let it go out. Yeah, and they they talk about Willard and they they kind of tear into him a little bit. Greg calls him an ass. 
it's so weird because we've gotten nothing of Willard, mm-hmm. but the impression from everyone, including Willard, is that <laughs> he he was not prepared to be here. He's cranky, he's hard to be around, and he's very weak. And that's like, there's no contest about this. Like, every, the vote that when he gets when he goes home is seven to one. Or I guess uh, eight to one, because they had nine people. Yeah. So eight to one. Sweep. <laughs> it's a full sweep. I mean, Kobe wouldn't have voted for him, it sounds like. But he's like, I don't want to stick out. Maybe there's one or two of those in there as well. I think Whatever. Karen, probably the same. Sure, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, it is, it's wild for, um, for a tribe to be so successful that 12 days in, it's like, he wasn't supposed, he's like a Mr. Meesigs. Like he wasn't supposed to live this long. (laughs) Things are getting weird. Yeah. He's like, why I, I have been waiting to go home and not like, I don't think he's like wants to go home, but like, Mm -hmm. I think something in Willard in like day three or four, he acknowledged oh, I'm not built for this game. And it's just like, cool, I'm going to have a good time and like try to keep my, like, you're just like, I'll be, I'm probably going to go home first. That's fine. But that was at day 12. <laughs> and we kind of sunrise and sunset Willard in the same episode of like, this is who Willard is. This is why he's going home. Yeah. And we'll kind of get to the tail end when, which which was very beautiful, I thought. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. I do really love the way he goes home. Um. But it's just so funny because it's like a one sentence description that they all wrote together <laughs> of like, God, Willard needs to go. And Willard's like, and I'm signing off on that. <laughs> and I feel bad because he he talks about how I am i don't really fit in here and I don't try to fit in. I'm just I'm being me. But he also said he's physically weak, but like dude's pretty ripped. So I don't really understand that. Dude's killing it. Uh, yeah. On the other side on Oolong, they're lost. Jesus fucking Christ. So Storm this ro- tribe. Yeah, Storm rolls in. They're like, let's go to the caves. Um, let's go hide in the caves because it's going to be miserable here in our raggedy shelter. At first, I was like, why don't you just like live in the cave normally? And I was like, oh, yeah, because there's so many rats. Oh, yeah, because of the everything. Because of the rats. Yep. And they are trying to do this in pitch black. And, man, what a shit show. My favorite part is James go like. I don't know if it was Angie or Stephanie. It was like, somebody's going to get hurt. And James like, ain't nobody going to get hurt. <laughs> Jeff rolled his ankle and had to go home like four days ago. Yeah, Jeff did get hurt in the dark doing what you were doing. Right? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and it, it gets to the point where they're, they're wandering around and they can't find it. And they're running into like rock walls. And Angie's like, this is stupid. I'm going back to camp alone. Bobby John says that it's like 300 yards to the cave. And Stephanie says that they wandered around for an hour. That is too long. One of those has to be untrue. Or what the fuck are we doing? Because it <laughs> seems like both, like they always knew how to get back to camp. Because mm-hmm. Angie's like, I'm just gonna go back to camp. It doesn't seem like they were lost from camp. Well, there's probably light coming from camp. Like, sure. In terms of your fire. And or... they spent a fucking hour wandering around. Yeah. Or it's easier to find where the ocean is because right, the ocean makes thinking, noise. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, no, Angie, you stay like, that's stupid. Why would you go back by yourself? And I'm like, well, no one's going to like hurt her. She might hurt herself. Like she might roll an ankle. Yeah. But then suddenly everyone is going back to camp and they're just miserable there. 
No, I think that's what they're worried about. Just like, oh, you're like, you don't want to get lost alone. Right. But there's also camera people. So they're not that's really true. lost alone. Honestly, I forgot that. <laughs> Sometimes I forget there's camera people. The survivor people do too. They do a really good job of the camera crews do a really good job. I think, I mean, like we've heard time and time again from contestants that like, it's like they're, they are just part of the scenery. They are part of the trees because they stay so outside of yeah. camp. Like that's pretty good. That's for the best. That's what we want. Yeah, so they they go back. They're miserable the rest of the night, and I don't know. It's that's really it. It's this just this episode is weird. It's weirdly paced. Having only one challenge is odd. Mm-hmm. It feels like they probably like. I know that they can't do this because the way they structure the episodes is it always ends with the tribal council. Yep. But like last episode should have been divided in half, and get, half of it should have been given to this episode. They they certainly had to backload this episode a lot. Yeah. With the double the tribal council, double the fun. Well, and weird, yes. And I think that maybe that would have been better if the votes weren't so obvious. Like, there's no, and like, I, like I know the, the first, first vote. Well, the second vote is is obvious until there's a twist. Sure. So, like, we can't spend time. There's no time spent in either camp on the scramble because there's no scrambling. Both people are like, yeah, I guess I'm going home, huh? Like, they don't talk. We don't see any talk because there is no talk in Oolong of, like, what if Ibrahim somehow sticks around? Like, who are we going to vote for then? Because why would they ever think that was going to happen? So I think they were expecting a lot of their content from the episode to be this double tribal situation. Uh-huh. That Then they have nothing to show because none of it's interesting because the it is, it is a foregone conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I – we'll get there when we get there, but I – I don't know how I feel about all of the tribal council shenanigans. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to a challenge. It is a... Yeah, it's it's the reward slash immunity challenge. Well, there just is no immunity. Yeah. So it's the reward challenge. It is. That's true. That's why I wrote it down that way. I saw reward and I'm like, wait, it's not, but it is. How do we feel about this situation? It just feels underbaked. Like, it feels like it's missing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I think it could be... A, you could go in a lot of different directions from here. This feels like the beta test for something. Mm. I, I'm okay with a double tribal. I don't know if this was... This... At first, I was like, is this just... Was this just, like, thrown in there because they needed Decoror <laughs> to go to tribal? I don't think so. This feels like something they had planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Especially because that... This reward set is elaborate this is your episode number like oh nobody has quit yet let's let's try to get double people out because we we're not gonna fit in our episodes yeah yeah um and this is about the time in a season they like do a shake-up a tribe swap something like that and this is the shake-up i don't think it's a very effective one i just i i think that the framework of how they did it makes sense i think that the circumstances under which these tribes are living make it make no sense. Like it's it's hard to have your first boot in episode five and make it dramatic. Yeah. It's really hard to make that first <laughs> that first boot dramatic that late in the game. And And they don't. They don't try at all to make that dramatic. And th- I think that's the right choice. I think if you if you try to make it like, oh, who's gonna go? Like it's like nobody is the world protesting. Is, the world is going to see through it. We're not that stupid. It's like, it's like the episode with Kim. I'm like, I'm not this fucking stupid. Like it's Kim. Now there's some interesting foreshadowing there mm-hmm. with 
the men-women divide actually becoming important this episode. But, uh, I don't know. I I like the challenge itself, but I, I... It just feels so unnecessary. Just do a fucking immunity challenge. I agree. I... At least, if you're gonna do it, like if you want to have a double vote off, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Have them do an in, a, a challenge for individual immunity on each tribe. I was just gonna say the same thing. Where yeah. I think immunity is important, and they they do tie it in there a little bit, but in the worst fucking way possible. Yeah, I th- I think at some point someone needs to be safe. Yeah, I think also what they were trying to do, and I do understand why they were trying to do it, is. Hey, you get some information on the other tribe. That doesn't matter mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. One, you've made a season that is a blood sport. These two tribes are at war. These are not people that are thinking about working together when the merge is done. They are thinking about how to grind the other tribe into dust because you've spent 12 days with them physically assaulting each other in every challenge. Yeah. And there's no strategy to be gleaned. There's no interpersonal dynamics to be gained from Oolong. Their only concern is how the fuck do we stop this death spiral? That's, you don't, they don't have any ideas. <laughs> if they did, they would have used them days ago. Yeah. So the whole like getting information at tribal is totally irrelevant. It is. It, it, for a team that's decimated, yeah. What are you going to get out of that? You're going to learn that you've beat the shit out of them. Oh, well, we already fucking knew that. Yeah. Let me rephrase what I just said in that I think immunity is important, but I think giving people the chance to save themselves. Yes. Who have their backs against the wall is fundamental to Survivor. I agree. Whether that be... And a- Angie, I fucking hope Angie comes back because she got screwed. We'll talk about that. So... Yeah, we're we're doing this reward challenge. We're, we're playing for reward, but both teams are going to tribal council. If you win, you go first, and then you get to sit in and eat dinner while the other tribe is voting. Which must mean that's a long tribal. Oh, I mean, absolutely. We've heard before that tribals actually go on a lot longer than we see. Yeah. Which is interesting, because this tribal felt... The questions Jeff asked felt super short, which means they didn't have a lot that made good TV. Which means Jeff was just talking to them for an hour about fucking, like, nothing while the other <laughs> just group ate stew. I imagine I imagine Oolong was sitting there like, yeah, okay, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want that fucking stew. Anyway, they're retrieving sake bottles from a sunken plane. A sunken Japanese plane, specifically. Yep. <laughs> because we have to have the sake bottles. Yeah. And there is a floating platform, which the rest of your tribe will pull on a rope to move it out to your section to go get the bottles. Okay. It's... It's fine. It's very elaborate. Yeah. It's cool that they're using what's already there. Yes. It's very pretty. It's very pretty. There's no catch-up mechanic. No. None at all. It's also, I feel like, weirdly dangerous. Being Yeah! Like... I, I know that if if metal is under water, like it's probably being dulled, but I don't know. There could be a lot of rusty, sharp things down there. I do think that they weren't supposed to go as deep into the plane as Ian went. <laughs> like I, I think that it seemed like they like uh, Oolong got all the bottles without ever getting anywhere near the plane. Correct. 
Ian just went on his own little adventure. Ian said, ah, they're right there. Let me just go around here and see what I can see. So I think that that made it seem a little more dangerous than it probably was. That's fair. But like, yeah, like if you get like, cause Ian like swims under the plane. Like mm-hmm. what happens if you like got stuck? Yeah, that's absolutely something very that dangerous. Happen. And there are scuba divers down there. Oh, yeah. Like, they were filming, so someone would have had to react and go save, but still. Yeah. So many things go wrong. Yeah. That, honestly, I love the challenge of this season. This is, I think, maybe the worst one. It's the prettiest, but it's mm-hmm. it's just not, there's just not that much going on. Yeah. But all of them have that little, that little tickling in the back of my brain that's like, does someone die this episode <laughs> is this is this the moment survivor is this, is this the, do we get is this our medevac from a challenge <laughs> do we watch when someone slowly dies on screen like almost every single challenge <laughs> yeah so both tribes get out they they go one after the other oolong is ahead after the first one and then suddenly they're not yeah, I mean, it was pretty close. It was close, yeah. For for the most part, they were neck and neck, and then Ibrahim goes down and can't find the bottle. E- We've now seen this twice. Ibrahim panics under the water. It was the the pulling the box one. He was somebody I clocked that swam down, touched the rope, and then would like freak out and swim back up. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ibrahim, whether it's mental or physical, can hold his breath that long. And I think that the water... I mean, I couldn't do it. It freaked me the fuck out too. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to, uh, you start getting down. You start not real. You're like, I don't know how much longer I have down here. Is this? Am I too deep? Can I? Do I have enough breath to make it back up? What? And then you start panicking, and then you go, "Fuck, I'm going back up." Yeah. Interesting that you say panic because he did have his hand around one of the bottles at one point, where all he had to do was pull up. But he he looked at it, touched it, and then like, I don't know how to take this off, so went right back up. Yeah. And that is, it's it's a it's a mental battle. Yep. And I will once again come to the defense here and say I am not claustrophobic. When we were doing underwater drills for swimming, that was the most claustrophobic I have ever felt. Yeah. No. Fuck that. I don't want to be underwater. No. It's it's push as long as you can underwater and just keep swimming back and forth on this pool. And I'm like, I might die here. This is where I die. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Ian, taking fucking scenic laughs. <laughs> Ian's just a fish. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Ibrahim can't find the bottle, and Karor takes this opportunity to just absolutely lap them. And it looks like it's going to be a blowout, and then suddenly Ian can't find his bottles. It, he, he must have dove in the wrong spot. What I think it is, I think he is a victim of his own success, right? He knows that he is the back of the line. Mm-hmm. That's why he went, and he went twice. And they get farther away and deeper. Yeah. And I think he's such a good swimmer that he was, I think he was game theorying it. Okay, well, it's far. It's definitely deeper and farther away than the other ones, so I need to go farther. But he's such a strong swimmer that his farther is farther than they would ever put him. <laughs> so he's like, well, this is what makes sense to me where they would be because this is like what's a far distance for me. Mm-hmm. But Survivor didn't take he didn't take into account that Survivor doesn't cast mer people. <laughs> well, that is racist against mer people. They should cast more mer people. I've said I if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. 
So Karor wins. Karor wins the immunity. It's closer than it should have been and yeah. still not that close. Yeah. Yep. And so the material consequences of this reward are frankly pretty slim. You're going to vote somebody off anyway. Yep. As far as victories go, like stew is nice. It's it's not a shelter. It's not like it's not as good as most of the food challenges we have seen before. Yep. I think that the food challenges this season or food rewards are going to be less because they're in the middle of they're in an unmanned island in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> it's it's whatever they could put on the boats. But any restaurants out there? Nah, nope. <laughs> They'll have to get on a plane and go somewhere else. But it is such a like it's such an important victory if Oolong had won it. Materially, doesn't really make a difference. But spiritually, like, what the fuck? You're crushed. You're decimated. You're done. The mental hammer has just been smacked across their heads yeah. over and over again. And it gets worse because they can't even get... And this is actually, I guess, where it does matter. They can't get rid of the person that it might have raised their spirits to get rid of. Yeah. So let's talk about post-reward challenge a little bit. Ian is talking about how poor Oolong is getting decimated, but but a party in my mouth is going to be had tonight. Sure. Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> uh, also, they get off the boat, and Ian and then the rest of the team goes, rawr. And I was like, I, I cringe so hard. This is the rawr XD phase. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, Ian like makes a claw. He's like, rawr. Like, like we're so ferocious. And I was like, first of all, driving back to, that man is not neurotypical. Jared. <laughs> Neither am I. It's fine. We recognize our own. Uh, but the raw XD phase of the 2000s is uh, something we should leave behind and never talk about again. You know, we no, we have time in this episode. Okay. What? What about the internet from the early 2000s? Really jumps out to you as like, oh god, I can never go back there. It, the the cringe emo haircuts of like and like i was one of those but i wasn't i was one of those people at heart i do not ex, i do not do it aesthetically i i feel like you're you were kind of in the same boat of like for me personally sorry to cut you off no no please. for me personally i was so afraid of making statements like being outside of the normal but i love me some alternative rock music i love me some finding weird places on the internet. I I had a weird experience of being self-aware enough to know that a lot of that was cringe and liking it anyway. Mm -hmm. So I would just go, I like this, and I'm not going to talk about it. Because <laughs> I know that it is a real cringy. No, I was probably in the boat of like, oh, anime. I realize it's not in the, the zeitgeist yet, and people, like, it's not, mm -hmm. people didn't, like it the way people like it now so as much as being diabetic sucks uh-huh it did probably save me from being bullied through all of middle school and high school because before i was diagnosed in sixth grade i would order like you know like scholastic book stuff yeah i would order shonen jumps oh did you really and i didn't think about the fact that this was like they had yeah they had english uh shonen I, jumps i don't remember them from the the book Oh yeah, because I because I read because I'd seen a couple episodes of Naruto. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm, this is my this is my personality now." Um, <laughs> and then I got diagnosed, and then like, and people bullied the shit out of me. Oh, I believe it. But then I got diabetes, and I was gone for like two months. And like, uh... 
two months when you're in sixth grade is forever. Yeah. People forgot. And so I have to come back with a clean slate. <laughs> Hell, people might even be like, who are you? I That was a thing in my school. Like, new kid, instantly cool until people figured out what you were about. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The mystery, Jared. The mystery. Anyway, that being said, I enjoyed anime, but I also did not make it like an outward personality trait. I didn't have anime t-shirts. It makes me kind of mad looking back on it because like I didn't buy one, but like I wanted a headband. Like I was that in. And I was like, I was like, this shit slaps. Like, I was like, this like anime slaps, but like people didn't think that. And now anime's cool. There are multiple headbands in this room and I God don't know where they are. <laughs> okay. Like, I saw the arc with like the um the the village of the hidden mist or whatever. Yeah. Good with shit. like the mirrors and I was like this goes so hard it's good shit it probably does not hold up today I don't know that that arc is really good that's the era of anime where it's just coming out of the screaming for multiple episodes yeah but that one I remember like it had a bunch of mirrors and they're like throwing needles from different places yeah. or whatever oh, it's badass it's so badass also did you know that the uh so there were the two main village of the mist ninjas that were like the antagonist of that yeah. episode. Did you know they were both guys? No. Yeah. They're both guys. <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Kobe is sitting that around. That was for no one. That was that was for everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kobe is sitting around like, hey, can we be nice about the food tonight? Like, I know that they're, they didn't win, but we can also not be assholes about it. And they go, yeah, and then proceed to be assholes and about it. Forget immediately. <laughs> I can understand that. I, I, I... <sighs> Ian sings a song when he gets the food and at camp. Yeah, and like I get it, and I think I don't think any of them were trying to rub it in specifically, but they were enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And also, got Survivor. Like this is one more thing in the blood feud column. <laughs> like they don't want these people to compete against each other. They want these people to hate each other to their dying breath. Yeah, and they might. They might. <laughs> uh, over at Oolong, James is pissed at Ibrahim. He's like, oh, he should have. He should have said he couldn't do it. He should have admitted, and that would have been the manly thing to do. That James, that's fucking stupid. James, you're an idiot for that. Because let's go back three episodes. Hey, do you remember when you got mad at Kim for not even trying because she wasn't good at it? Uh-huh. And then you just said that's actually what Ibrahim should have done? I agree. I think the sentiment is stupid. The like- sentiment is stu- like. You can be mad that he's bad at it and that he panicked, and, like, that's valid because you guys can't keep losing. I get it. That is objective. Like, you you have—somebody loses you a challenge, they have to go. But don't be like, there was another way. Like, no, he sucked at it, and he should go home for that because of the circumstances. But don't try to pretend like he made a bad decision. Well, especially in that challenge. Right! The, the getting out there took so much time. And everyone had to go out. Yeah. I, I don't know what the exact requirement was if you just had to get in the water and, like, go underwater once to get back on. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, you're losing a lot of time by doing that. Yeah. And by all means, I don't think they would have won had he just dipped in and then got back on. And then his tribe would have been like, well, he didn't even fucking try. So, yeah, like... There's no winning there. It's, he was bad at it, and that's fine. But don't try to make it sound like it's his... It's it was a decision that he made that was bad. It's just he was bad. Yeah. He also lives in this realm of 
He's not a bad swimmer. I think it's just this underwater stuff that yeah. is not good for him. He is a little in challenges. He is so disappointing. He's he should be excelling at some of these, but he just doesn't have whether it's the mental fortitude or the endurance or there's something that does not make him live up to the potential that you look at him and think he would bring. I I like to bring up the example of bodybuilders. Right, yes. In that just because you look strong doesn't always necessarily mean that you are strong. Yeah. We we talked about that we talked about that earlier in the season. Yeah. I'm thinking about last episode and the bags challenge. Mm-hmm. It like you shouldn't lose. <laughs> but that. There's, there's also a training specificity where if you're so good at this one thing and that's what you train your body to do sometimes it actually hinders you in other places and day one we saw him like climb up a fucking tree with like one arm or some bullshit yeah dude's strong don't get me wrong it just might not be versatile yeah yeah and anyway everyone's talking about how they want to get rid of ibrahim and bobby john's like everything happens for a reason how many times can you say that while bad things happen and still believe it? <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. We're getting absolutely destroyed. Eventually, we're going to bring it back, right? Eventually, you have to change what you're doing. You can't just keep being like, what? Uh, honestly, I think as of like a few days before this episode, maybe as of the Kim vote, it feels like they just kind of gave up and have been waiting for the merge. I mean, they've been playing an individual game this entire time. Like, tell that to Stephanie. Stephanie is sitting there like... I'm not talking about in challenges. I'm going to scream. Yeah, I don't mean in challenges. They're trying their hardest in challenges, but, like, in camp life. Like, they've just been holding on by their fucking fingernails for that merge. (laughs) Yeah. We see that at the end of the episode. We do. And this section of the episode is what I like to call... It's it's a done deal. Like yeah. everything is a done deal. We don't have to worry There's about it. There's nothing anything. interesting that happens at Oolong. There is one interesting thing that happens at Karor. Yeah, this is where Willard is like, ah, I'm a dead man. Here, let's uh let's start making amends with everything. Or not even amends. Starts making peace with everyone. Yeah, and like, hey Kobe, have my pants. Yep. Hey, have, w- have my clothes. Will my shorts fit you? That's kind of sweet. It's cute. We do have a problem on... Oh, go ahead. There are things that you can't fight in the world, like gravity. This is one of those things. I don't know that's necessarily the case, but (laughs) I get it. I think Willard realizes that it was a mistake for him to come here. Yeah. And he's a philosopher. I don't know that he thought it was a mistake. He just knows that he has no chance. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, he says right when he goes home, he's like... I was not as physically prepared for the show as I thought I would be. I, I think maybe in a different season, like he could, but I think like as soon as the season became, was set to be a physical, the most physical season of Survivor we have seen up until this mm-hmm. point. He's like, ah, this is bad timing. <laughs> this is bad it, timing for me. I don't even think it's the physical parts that are getting him. It's the, he he talks about how he doesn't have the ability to schmooze. And well, yeah, that too. That, in a game about alliances, he isn't willing to be anything but himself here. And it seems like off camera, he's prickly. Oh, absolutely. We hear that from everyone, including himself. Yeah. Like I said, it was a done deal. He's, quote unquote, everyone's favorite curmudgeon. Yeah. That was cute. And then 
that happens a little bit. We have that beautiful moment between Kobe and Willard. And then we get a little side moment. Side note, I do actually kind of wish that more people that were going home, obviously, were handled like this. Okay. I, I would rather us get to learn, and I've talked about this before, get to learn the emotional implications of voting off somebody that just isn't a good fit and just like what that looks like in camp rather than trying to stir up drama that doesn't exist of like, well, what if we got rid of somebody else though? Sure. Well, when it's super obvious, it, it was super obvious. And this scenario doesn't happen that often in survivor. So I think it could happen more if they edit it correctly. If they let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, Greg approaches, Greg approaches Kobe and is like, Hey, tonight's a done deal. We're good there. But you know that we know that it's kind of the five, five of four. us here yeah, versus the four of you. Soon to be three of you. Soon to be three of you. So what if, perchance, maybe Tom and Ian weren't part of this and we take you and... Janu. Janu, yes. You and Janu instead. So it would be... We get rid of Karen. Yeah. Still, for some reason. We still get rid of Karen, yeah. So, like, you don't put up a fight with Karen. Like, Karen's gone. And then we get to seven. And at seven, we can make big waves. I wish more people thought this far ahead. Or if they do, that the show would show us that they did. And that's part of what I mean when I say, like, when it's a done deal, just don't try to pull the wool over our eyes and let us hear conversations of what people are talking about later in the game. This is more interesting. It is pretty interesting. This is more interesting than if they had done, like, if they had tried to pull a feint and been like, but Kobe's gonna doesn't like Katie, so, like, what if he tries, like, let's show his conversations of with a couple other people being like, maybe Katie, maybe we can make it work. That probably happened and just were, like, a sentence long. Mm-hmm. Instead, they do this route. That is much better to watch. Yeah. So, interesting that we, we now, we have a... A plan. We'll see what happens. We also have a problem on Karor with our too many cooks for TV. There are a lot of cooks in that There's kitchen. Too many cooks in that kitchen. But people have kind of paired off. So we just – and I don't love that it's well, it's, it's the men that get the focus. So, like, it seems like it is Kobe and Janu. I haven't heard anything from Janu at all. Like, once this season. We've got a lot of Kobe. It's Greg and Jen. Jen's a fucking ghost. <laughs> we get Greg every so often. It's uh who's the other the other two? It'd be Tom and Ian. Karen and Willard. Well, I guess that's kind of your that they're not really a pair. They're still that's they, only They're getting lumped in together. Is that is that all eight of them? Yeah. Okay. Or nine. Who are we forgetting? So Tom and Ian. Yep. Greg and Jen. Yep. Karen and Willard. Yeah. And then Kobe and Janu. That's only eight, though. They had nine. And nine. Katie. Katie. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Katie and Karen are the oddballs out after this. Yeah. But, yeah. So the, in those in those three groups of two, we only get... And I guess we've gotten a, a good amount of Tom and, and uh, Ian. But that I think that is because they contribute a lot to the tribe. And they do drastically different things. But I also don't think it's a coincidence that those other two pairs, we only get Kobe and Greg... And the two women might as well not exist. It's it's 
fairly heavily edited yeah. toward the men in the season. I'm yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's not my favorite thing. No. I mean, they're interesting characters, but I'm sure that the women are also interesting characters, and I would like it to be a little more spread out, but I will give Survivor the credit that there's fucking nine of them, and it's day 12. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. And you can't spend your entire time in the winner's camp. You can't. You just can't. Yeah. So we go to our first tribal of the evening, and there's there's a few conversations to be had of who's leading this tribe, and Katie says, you know what? Tom is at Challenges. Ian's a leader in providing food. That's that's it. He doesn't have a third example. We don't have more examples. Oh, I did. I got on a tangent. The Greg-Kobe situation is the chain all over again. We will never break the chain. Because Greg's like, I'm your man on the inside. I'll send you all the information. And he can go either way. It is said more eloquently than that oh 100 (laughs) percent. and both greg and kobe are both like more normal people than (laughs) rob and matthew that's for fucking sure i love it so much rob decided to cast it as a spy thriller but like it's the same thing i do miss some of that stupid shit of oh me too like the chain oh me too uh but now we actually have normal people and people who this wouldn't work on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kobe talks about being social and how I am friends with everyone. And that might bite me in the ass because people will look at that as a problem in the future. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we'll I'm just, see. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's it's kind of nothing. I mean, I the only thing I do like about it is he's just like, and that's who I am and I can't not be who I am. Like, I, I do love that on Karor, everyone is just who they are. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like anyone's putting on any airs, which that could be because you haven't lost any immunity challenges at all. Your back is not against the wall yet. Yeah, and you can only hide. Like, there's no reason to hide when for 12 days you've been safe. Or they're hiding entirely. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. But there's, of the people that we get a lot of, like, it doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like they're, they can hide their strategies, but they don't seem like they're hiding their personalities, which I like. Yeah. And Kobe's in that. I, and Kobe's funny. Kobe's funny. I, I really enjoy Kobe. But I think people's game is not exposed until their back's against the wall. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And we just have not seen that on That's Core. the danger of the vibe tribe. Danger of the vibe tribe. And your connections get more personal, and it hurts so much more when you get betrayed. Correct. We've seen that. We've, we, that that's what happened in All-Stars. Yeah. Yep. And we talk about, Greg says everybody has a buddy, and we listed the buddies already, so we don't have to go back into that. And then we learned, like, yeah, I'm the weakest. It's not a good place to be. Yeah. And then we move on. Like, Jeff doesn't even have any leading questions of, like, so is Willard going home? He just like, hey, Willard, why are you going home? And he goes, because I'm weak as shit. And Jeff goes, fair enough, and moves on. Yep. So Willard's gone, and I'm going to add this new bit every single time we get a sweep. I'm just going to yell, Sweep, sweep. Uh, he pulls an Obi Wan Kenobi. Stay strong. Yeah, he's stick just to like plan. He sacrificed himself and is like, stick to the plan. <laughs> Finish him off. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Again, very, very team oriented game when you are literally beating the shit out of the other tribe with your hands. Which is wild. That it, all in all, he's he knows he's going home and he still is like team. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jeff did the same thing. Yeah. I also just think that, yeah, I mean, Willard knew. And Willard, Willard, knew. Willard liked them. And Willard's like, yeah, this, I said it a few times already this episode. And he's just like, this ain't for me. Yep. Yeah, and he doesn't have a whole lot of interesting information. There is one thing that kind of comes up at the reunion that we'll talk about later, but I'll hold it till then. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that Willard... I think Willard's probably usually a first vote, and I think that Willard would like to usually be the first vote. (laughs) Like, I don't think he'd come back for a second time. And if if you wiped his brain and did a first time again... I, I think he would have he come to the same conclusion. Like I, I I just think there are people that are not built for Survivor that come on Survivor and then realize early on that they are not built for Survivor and then they go home and that's fine. I think he stands much more of a chance in a modern season. Fair, but yes. I still think he's he's pretty early in a less physical season. I agree. I I do wonder how hard he was to get along with, just because everyone talked about it at some yeah. point. Like we didn't have to show it because it didn't matter Mm -hmm. and why drag the guy for no reason yeah but i that i i think if that is as bad as everyone else made it seem to be he's still probably always the first vote even in a modern season i see what you're saying yeah okay then we jump to tribal council number two and boy we we bring everyone in everyone looks super uncomfortable like staring at each other from different sides of the tribal council set And then we pull off the lid of the food, and then it gets even more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> As Karor digs in, forgets that we were being nice about the food, and they're just, like, having a good time, singing songs, shouting, hey, g- g- just keep keep pouring. Give me more of that. Yep. And just watching the utter devastation of Oolong, it's... It's brutal. It's brutal. Kind of great TV. <laughs> the fact... That Oolong brought their entire camp with them Mm -hmm. just in case they merged. They were so desperate for that merge. It's so pathetic. This and not having picked a leader for the Home Depot challenge. That sentence hurt me. (laughs) That. This tribe is pathetic. They don't want to be a team anymore. And Jeff ends the episode by being like, despite all of this, you're still a team and you showed it. And I'm like. Did they? Did they, though? I don't think they did at all, actually, Jeff. I don't think it's pathetic because they're starting to think like the game, which is what you have to do. Normally, I would agree with you, but they just, like, they just want... They want out. They want out. They want out of this situation and hoping for anything to give them a new life. Because right now, they're dead. That felt like they were kind of begging for a merge, to be honest. Please, We bought everything. Give us a merge. And I think Jeff picked up on that. Jeff's like, you're not merging. I'm not giving you a merge. No. No, absolutely not. I would I would not I would not put it past Jeff to cancel the merge outright because of this. Oh, really? Uh yes. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, they they talk about how the situation is brutal and Angie's like, "I'm or sorry, Jeff specifically asked, "Are you are you hiding your head so that you don't have to look at the food?" And Angie's like, Smelling it would be the worst part. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, same thing. I ca- I can't even look over there. I don't I don't know who got voted out. I don't really care right now. I cannot look at them. And then we we don't have a whole lot of talk at tribal. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I think that was kind of intentional by Oolong being like, "Fuck you, Jeff. We're not doing this." And yeah. also, they know who they're voting out, uh, even though they don't. I Ibrahim e- e- tries to defend himself. He's it's like, a bad defense. 
because uh, he goes like, I wish they'd look at other challenges like Stu's not the end of the game. And he's right. But Ibrahim, you've been mid to bad at almost every challenge. Like, I I think back to even the one he should have been the best at, like the, the one in the water with the bags. Mm-hmm. You weren't carrying 80 pounds. Bobby John was carrying 80 pounds. I think back to the bags challenge. You didn't win b- both your bouts. You won one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you are not... You're making it sound like you've been a powerhouse every challenge up to this point when I think he's actually the weakest person they have left on their tribe in the challenges. I would throw James in there. J- James is a close second. Okay. Cool. And, yeah, that's kind of it. And then Jeff's like, okay, wait, Karor, before you go, you have one more thing. You're going to vote for someone to have immunity. I think in a different season, this actually could be a good twist. I I think in a world where because like there's no alliances, there's no alliances. You know, imagine let's just uh, uh, pulling another season on my hat. Um, but okay, we go back to to uh, to Vanuatu. Uh huh. Imagine if instead, I mean, we had <laughs> it was too early in the season. They tried this last season, except he knew it was whatever his name was, John, uh, the young model guy. Mm-hmm. He knew he was me giving up immunity the entire time. He got to like interview them and talk to them and then decide. One person have the decision versus a tribe. I don't really know where I land on that. But like, imagine how much more interesting that could have been if they didn't know until he spent until they just like watched the tribal and like learned the alliance lines and who was in danger, and then gut instinct picked a side because you could tell where or you could at least start to see where alliance lines were. Yeah. The problem with this twist in this season is there's no fucking alliances and there's only 5 of them left. Right. And voting for someone to get immunity is clunky. That's true too. It it feels weird that we're right. I, and just a reminder, like, you want to see your name here. This I is th- good. I think Jeff overstresses it a little bit. I I think he he explained it well in the first one and then he just kept reiterating it. I was like, "Jeff, we get it." Yeah. It's just, it's formulaic. And anytime you break the formula, I need an explanation. I don't personally, because I understand, but. I don't need four explanations. People do. (laughs) Yeah, so Ibrahim gets three votes, like just barely more than someone else. I don't know. This is weird, because again. They didn't get to talk about it, which was kind of nice, They get to talk about it, which was cool. But also, these people don't know them, and they don't really care about them. Oh, no, they fucking hate them. And actually, wait, they do know them because they spent a day with them, but still. Yeah, but they don't really know them. Yeah. And then this throws the second vote into chaos because now Karor has to leave and they don't talk at all. No. And then suddenly we have to vote. So who voted for James the first time? I I think it was Ibrahim. I don't remember. Let me... I don't know if they showed it. Let me do some quick research, but go ahead and talk about What's going on? Yeah, here. so it ends up being one James vote, two Angie, and two Bobby John. I I don't know why Bobby John. I kind of thought, I was like, why don't they just vote out James? But I guess they need some semblance of a leader. I, this result sucks. Angie was m- probably the second most compelling person left on their team behind Stephanie. And really, it was they were neck and neck for me. It is interesting that we get the foreshadowing from the Kim vote of like, yeah, but like, what if we don't have, like, if we, if it's three men, like they're going to vote off a woman next, which wasn't true. And then it was, which is also interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Here's your vote breakdown. In the first vote, 
Bobby John was voted for by Stephanie and Angie. That's what I thought. Yep. James was voted for by Ibrahim. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. And... Yeah, so that leaves Bobby John and James voting for Angie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I was right on who voted who. And then this is a, an interesting scenario because we have a tie. Yeah. But then Jeff's like, very importantly, you can only vote for these two. Thus, we cannot have another tie. Yeah, that's true. You could not go to Rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's just Angie and this stuff and Bobby doesn't John. happen when people get to talk about votes because they don't want to throw their vote away yeah. but Ibrahim didn't know that he was throwing his vote away exactly and he probably really likes Bobby John and fucking hates James after the way James has been throwing him under the bus yep absolutely which that's also a shame because I wish Stephanie and Angie could have read that better but even Stephanie is like yeah this is a done deal I'm throwing my vote over yeah. to Angie so, and that's smart mask it so it doesn't become yeah. a gender split by default yep I'm not classifying this as a sweep but no, no, God, no. If it go, if, if it's a tie at first, it's not a sweep. Yeah. So Angie's gone. How do we feel Angie does in Future Survivor? <sighs> Honestly, I think she could do really well. I'm really impressed by Angie. Uh, I think most seasons won't be as physical as Palau. But even though this season is so physical, she was one of the challenged beasts on her team. Like, she is competitive. And... Even the times where she was like, no, I'm going back to camp. This sucks. Like, she was right. And she held her tongue for a long time. I think she's smart. And I think she got handed a shit, shit stack. Like, I do not think that she deserved what she got. She is. It's so funny that she's like, I'm on the wrong tribe. And I'm going to be voted out because I'm the misfit. And it's more like, oh, no, I'm on the wrong tribe because these people don't have their shit together. And I do. That's fair. Um, so in, in a normal season, it's it, – oh, God, it's so hard to tell because she was never a target. Like, she went home, but we never saw why she went home. There's nothing she did wrong to go home. A twist is what sent her home. Uh, I don't – so I don't know, like, what the fatal flaws of her game would be. Maybe she can – maybe like anxiety <laughs> like it does seem like she worried a lot but like she's like a final five contender for me she she played the game really well even though she was handed shit over and over and over yeah it's i think she's the best member of oolong at the game of survivor okay and and it's tough she got like you said she got dealt a shit hand and she recovered really well and unfortunate that the twist took her down yep she is not coming back. She actually That's a fucking shame. Yeah, she actually died in uh 20 uh, 2021. Oh, uh, no. She died of cancer, a 3-year cancer fight. Oof. So it, tough like she seemed well liked. She yeah. she was married. She just fought a fight and lost. I mean that's also what we saw on camera. Yeah. So big props to big props to Angie, I think, for what we saw, a big fighter. And she talks about how she at the time women covered in tattoos are not getting cast in Survivor. Yeah. And I think I, I broke a little barrier there. And I think she was cast to be voted off. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people at Survivor cast to be early season fodder, and I think that she was supposed to be one of them, and then she said, no, fuck that, actually. No. I won't. 
Yeah. Cool. So big props to you, Angie. Uh, thank you for all you've done for Survivor and like much love sent your way. Man. Wow. It, it's real brutal when it's, you're like, and they're dead. Yeah. And well, yeah. I mean, when it was like Rudy passed away, it was like, yeah. That makes like sense. 90 years old or whatever. It was like, yeah, yeah. that's uh time got him. But Angie was young. That's, Angie was young. That's our first like real, I think, tragic, uh, tragic loss. Yeah. Damn. Died at the age of 40. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. So, um, I, I guess uh, my protagonist of the episode, uh, honestly, is kind of Kobe. Okay. Yeah, because, like, nobody makes any decisions on Oolong. Like, there's no... They're just kind of dead in the water waiting for something to happen. And then they react to it. But, like, nobody makes a play of, like, oh, okay, we got to get out Angie. Mm-hmm. It gets thrown in their face. They scramble. They kind of read the votes, and they and they make the decision they make. But Kobe is the only person that's like, maybe we should keep Willard. I like him more than Katie. And has this plan with Greg. And seems like it will... Even though Greg has technically put himself in the seat to make the decision, Kobe now has the information that can dunk Greg and betray him if he needs to. Sure. So if if he doesn't feel like Greg is going to swing with him, he can go to Ian and Tom and be like, hey, guys, remember the Willard vote? Well, guess what me and Greg talked about at the time? He pulled me aside and said, we should do this. So I don't think you should trust him. And maybe you should trust me. Cool. Anything else for this episode? What, What a good season. What an okay episode. What a bummer to end on. What a bummer to end on. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, won't be the last time that I dropped that one on you. Sure. Also, like you didn't do it. That's true. I or was n- I was not you? involved. Steven, where were you in 2021 at the time of Angie's passing? Bumper. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. Thank you, Jared, as always, for being here with me. I'm we're- just saying, if you Google. Uh, Stephen Labine. Oh my God! In the month of whenever Angie passed in 2021, I, he probably doesn't have a good alibi. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure it was on a boat at the time. No, 2021 would be post COVID. Mm-hmm. All right, we're not getting into that. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even going to entertain this bit. Jared, <laughs> anything you'd like to promote? <laughs> I kind of said it at the send off of last episode, but please. Please review. <laughs> please review. Please rate. Please tell your friends. Uh, we don't bring it up very often, uh, but we like what we do, and it's fun, and I don't know that there's a lot of other podcasts that have committed to going for eight-plus years to cover every <laughs> single episode of every single season of Survivor, and I think that's kind of cool, um, and reviews help. Yeah. Let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah. The algorithm demands it. The algorithm demands Feed it. Feed the algorithm. I am going to promote... Things with cheese in them. Okay. Because we're about to eat a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to poop for days. Pizza, mozzarella sticks, quesadillas. Steven, you can't talk dirty to me like that. (laughs) For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. I'm so excited for this food. I'm going to cover myself in cheese. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.